0: In the last year, but mostly last week, on the Sonic Truth Dynasty Podcast.
1: Can we please talk about Riley Ridley? He's basically a four point six forty yard dash, thirteen reps on bench, thirty-inch vertical, one twenty-four broad jump, seven two two three cone.
0: <laughs> He's terrible. Toast. He's Willie Sneed without the production. And if you follow any NFL draft analyst who had Riley Ridley in their top five, you must unfollow them. They are fraudulent. It's the astrology of sports analysis. And his Twitter bio says Evander Holyfield is the best running back in this class. And he's every kind of wrong. And Paris Campbell, even more athletic than DJ Moore. Oh my God. And. There's still background radiation emanating from Lucas Oil Stadium. Josh Jacobs, Rodney Anderson, Bryce Love, you did a great job. (laughs) By doing nothing. You did nothing, and you did great. And if John Ross goes in the top ten and Corey Davis goes in the top ten and Mike Williams goes in the top ten, DK Metcalf's going in the top ten. And... Everyone's awake, very woke to Justice Hill now. We have justice in the United States of America! Justice Hill saved the draft class! Hallelujah! Hallelujah! And... If you did any prep whatsoever, looked at the rankings once, checked the show sheet once, listened to the clip of Marshawn Lynch talking to John Wertheim once, you would know all these things! And... You thought Post Malone was a bad stage name. I see your Post Malone. <laughs> I and I raise
1: you a snow. And. Uh, Bezos. Ah, that's all right. He'll fix her up. What's wrong with you? And. Todd Haley and his wife don't believe in wearing clothes at all. And. Was I relating that to something sexual? It's the best way to go out on a sweatpant boner. And. Is this the
0: time when you think people start masturbating to the show?
1: What's up everybody, welcome to the Sonic Truth Dynasty Podcast. I'm your host Nate Liss. you can find me on Twitter at an outraged Jew. And with me as always is Matt Kelly, you can find him on Twitter at fantasy underscore mansion. And tonight, Friday night episode, we got a special one. We have got Fu Su Vu. I'm sure you know who he is, you can find him on Twitter at life's your cup. From parts unknown, somewhere in Middle Earth, he's recording with us right now man. Thank you for coming back on the show, what's happening? Hey,
2: what's up guys? Thanks for having me
0: on. This is the big Vu show everybody's been waiting for! On the Patreon message board, patreon.com forward slash podfather. That's where the hardcore members of this audience congregate. The most widely requested fantasy analyst, and it's not even close, Fusuvu joining us from Parts Unknown via satellite link up. I'm excited. I can't wait to bounce receivers, and running backs off FUSU VU. No quarterback talk today. No tight end talk. It's running backs. It's wide receivers. This man's time is precious, and we will not waste it. Let's do it. Yeah, let's do it. just get the running backs out of the way. Because I really want to marinate on these wide receivers, so it's imperative we get the running backs out of the way. Do you have a top five running back list that we can have wash over us, FUSU?
2: Number one, let's go with uh... – Miles Sanders. Yes! Oh nice.
0: Yes. Nice. Oh yes, this show is starting off on a positive note. You're on the right show, sir. Yes, Miles Sanders. What do you love about Miles Sanders, Fusu? Uh he's
2: just he's got pretty good size, you know. He's just he's got enough speed, not you know, not blazing speed, but he's got enough you know, speed and his cutting ability is pretty good. He just he just looks smooth and effortless out there, you know. I mean people probably didn't think he'd run like uh a four-four nine or whatever, but you know, he just he just has enough athleticism.
0: Oh yeah, he just enough. I mean 80th percentile 40 time, 102.8, 75th percentile speed score. So other than the bench press, he's 75th percentile or above across the board. Just based on athleticism, he's a strong comp to Ryan Matthews, to Melvin Gordon. There's a lot of productive NFL running backs, a lot of them that went in the first round that Miles Sanders comps to, but I don't think he's going to go in the first round because he only had one year of production because he was banished on the depth chart behind Saquon Barkley, just languishing there. I think he's going to be a steal for whatever NFL team gets him, as much as a running back can be a steal in the NFL draft. It doesn't really happen very often. Aaron Jones was the last steal in the NFL draft at the running back position. But in fantasy football, I mean, this is my guy. Late first round of a rookie draft, this
1: is the guy I'm zeroing in on. And we made the argument last week, or at least I did. I don't know if Matt's completely on board with my thoughts here, but I've heard a lot of talk about Josh Jacobs. I've heard a lot of talk about David Montgomery. After that combine, I'm not sure that when we get closer to the draft or even after the draft, that people don't start considering Miles Sanders the number one dynasty running back in this class. But I don't think that's unanimous as it sits right now.
0: We haven't at number two because we haven't seen Josh Jacobs. We're assuming Josh Jacobs goes in the first round, that Miles Sanders goes in the second round for that reason. Josh Jacobs is in that one-on-one slot for running backs. But if Josh Jacobs underwhelms at his pro day, it's Miles Sanders in that number one running back slot. Fusu's already usurped us. (laughs) They've already shot the gun in the air. Fusu's already running, and we're just waiting to catch up to him with the Miles Sanders take.
2: Yeah, I mean, I think he should be top three on everyone's list somewhere.
0: He should be. I'm so glad we agree with this. His best comp on playerprofiler.com is another smooth operator at the running back position, Felix Jones. (laughs) Silky smooth Felix Jones. If you remember Felix Jones... The first word that comes to mind when describing his running style is smooth. (laughs) And that was the first word you used to describe Miles Sanders. I mean, this show is going great. (laughs) So great. I mean, imagine if Saquon Barkley didn't go to Penn State. We would be talking about Miles Sanders like this locked in number one running back in the class based on the testing that we see here.
1: I mean, but sometimes, isn't this an advantage? We've heard this before, that there's still tread on those tires. So we got to see a great year, and he did test out athletically, and maybe he didn't put all the mileage on him. He's only 21 years old. I mean, what's not to
0: like about Miles Sanders? He did just enough at Penn State behind an ineffective offensive line and an anemic offense just enough to let us know that he's an all-purpose back. Without shooting fireworks off in the sky. Letting everybody know how good he is. This is the perfect dynasty back for rookie drafts.
1: <laughs> Alright, I gotta know. Who, who do you got at number two? Uh, number two?
2: Uh, I'm gonna go with um, Darrell Henderson.
1: I like it.
0: I like it. We have at number four why henderson over jacobs because this is getting pretty hot
2: henderson he's just he's had more production he's been he's been healthier
0: i mean henderson versus jacobs in the production department is like comparing (laughs) yeah i mean peyton manning to brock osweiler
2: yeah i mean he plays at a lower level but you know at least he's been able to stay healthy and you know jacobs He has been healthy even for a guy that he wasn't the lead guy or featured guy. You know, he's been kind of banked up.
0: Daryl Henderson has that stocky stature, the high BMI, despite not being even 210 pounds because he's so low to the ground. So he has that low center of gravity that
1: not only helps him get leverage on defenders, it also helps him stay healthy. But to your point, too, uh, Fusu, I mean, yeah, he may have played in a lower level, but the requisite is be dominant if you're going to play at that level. And for the last two years, he's averaged 8.9 yards per carry, 22 touchdowns last year. Wait, wait, wait. Two years in a row? Say that again. Two years in a row, Henderson averaged 8.9 yards per carry. (laughs) Have you ever seen that? Have any of you guys ever seen that level of <laughs> efficiency from a running back ever?
0: Never. I don't. I don't think so. Oh my god! Yeah. So that's why he's in the top three. Boom. So you would definitely take Daryl Henderson over Damian Harris. I think it's close,
2: but yeah, that's that'd be my preference.
0: Because that was the big debate I had: Henderson versus Harris. I had Harris, but now I'm leaning Henderson. I can be swayed in the wind. The podfather has no conviction. So who's next? Is it Damian Harris on your list or is it Josh Jacobs? Yeah, I'm going to go with Harris. Oh, my God. Jacobs (laughs) falling like a rock. (laughs) The fall. Can anyone stop his free fall? Uh, Why Harris over Jacobs? He's played
2: ahead of Jacobs um, the whole time there.
0: It's funny how that works, right? It's funny how Alabama coaches can tell us all we need to know.
2: <laughs> I mean, Jacobs. I mean, Jacobs has been kind of banged up, but Harris. You know, he's been able to kind of maintain that lead as the the featured guy. I mean, his people kind of people forgot how good he was as a junior. He had he was pretty good. He showed he showed a lot of speed and strength, and his yards after contact was pretty high. A senior, a little bit down year, but I think he's, the talent is still there. I think so
0: oh, last year the talk was that Damian Harris would be the 101, lock it in, in 2019. It's all about Damian Harris. It's the Damian Harris show. And then all of a sudden it's like, oh, no, never mind, never mind. It's
1: Josh Jacobs. Josh
0: Jacobs. It's all about Josh Jacobs. Wait, like, what?
1: Wait, what happened to Damian Harris? So I have a question because uh, I think about this sometimes when I think about guys like Josh Jacobs. If Alvin Kamara never happens in the NFL, is Josh Jacobs in the position he's in right now going into the NFL draft? What are you talking about? i am just just in general, because I think that the reason Josh Jacobs is getting the love that he's getting is because of what Alvin Kamara paved the way for. in my personal opinion, they're nothing alike. I think that there's a ton of similarities between what these two guys are being viewed as coming into the NFL. I thought you were going to say Sony Michelle, no,
0: not Sony Michelle. <laughs> I can see the Sony Michelle comp with Josh Jacobs. You're seeing Alvin Kamara, really? You think he's that explosive? Fuso is the expert. In looking at tape and translating that into projected workout metrics. So, how explosive is Jacobs, Fusu? You don't even rank Josh Jacobs, and we're just asking you all our questions revolve around Josh Jacobs. Is he explosive?
2: I think he might be a lesser version of Miles Sanders. I don't know if he'll test as good as Miles Sanders, but I mean, he's got pretty good agility. Just, you know, not sure on his, the rest of his testing. Probably like a low four or five, mid four or five.
0: If he runs a mid
1: 4-5, then he's definitely not the 101. Right? I mean that we now we're talking about Alvin Kamara. We're talking about I mean I'm just telling you, Well, he better be explosion.
0: If he does well in the explosion drills, maybe there's an argument, but I don't see it, man. Was Josh Jacobs
1: active in the passing game? I mean enough so. Last year he had 20 receptions. This is a guy that only had 120 carries so as a part-time running back. Twenty catches just last year alone. So they were feeding. So when he was on the field, they were feeding him in the passing game. That's interesting. And twelve point four yards per reception. So that's kind of where I see the corollary is that it's 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 not over usage. Similar to Kamara, he he can make plays in space. He can make guys miss. We haven't seen a whole lot of him again. A lot of tread left on the tires. That's the only reason I bring this example up because before Kamara and this this big hit, it felt like people needed to see that Damian Harris sort of backlog of work or you know in this case Henderson has a lot of carries where prior to 2018 Josh Jacobs had 46 in a season carries and 85 so very limited
0: but like you said not heavily used at the college level which could conceivably make him less injury prone in the NFL he's just a tall running back and tall running backs are more susceptible to injury but that's a good point when you think about His targets per snap, his hog rate, that's hog rate on playerprofiler.com. When you think about his targets per snap, it changes your perspective of Josh Jacobs. He has the size to be an every down back in the NFL. And if he has an Alvin Kamara level hog rate, then there's a really strong argument for him being the 101 if he's athletic. It's just that we don't have the athleticism numbers. He's a black box prospect at this time. Just because he's going to be going in the first round, most likely, we have him in the number one slot, and we're going to keep him there until further notice. So now I'm back to being happy that we have him in the one-on-one slot. I'm swaying in the wind. No conviction with these running back rankings whatsoever. (laughs) It's this guy. What about the number five running back, Fusu? It's clear you hate Josh Jacobs. So what's another running back (laughs) that you prefer over Josh Jacobs? Rodney Anderson. Yes. yes. Ah, thank oh you. Oh, my God. This <laughs> is thank great. You. This is a good day. Oh, thank you. Thank you, God. <laughs> thank All these God. running backs over Josh Jacobs. <laughs> uh, I mean, if Rodney Anderson is available in the third round of a Dynasty rookie draft, he's an auto pick. And he, like Miles Sanders, did not operate as a true bell cow in his case because of injury, in Miles Sanders' case because of the presence of Saquon Barkley. Either way, these running backs are concealed from the casual fantasy gamer and the sharps, the savvy dynasty leaguers, those that listen to the Roto Underworld Radio program and Sonic Truth podcast. They're the ones that are going to be gobbling up all this Rodney Anderson. What's so special about Rodney Anderson?
2: He's got pretty good size and speed.
0: That's really all it is, right? That's all you need in this class. <laughs> that's what Miles Sanders has. We're hoping that's what Josh Jacobs has.
2: He's a really good receiver too. Yes. Anderson. Yeah, he's pretty he's really natural downfield catching the ball.
0: Size, athleticism, and smoothness in the passing game. Wow. So he sounds like he might be better than Debian Harris.
2: Yeah, maybe. It's just I mean, he has his injury concerns too, but I think there's there's a lot of upside there too.
0: How do you think he's going to test? Is he going to test his pro day? He's coming off an ACL tear, correct? I believe so. All right, we're not going to see him test. I didn't know that. ACL tear, God. Not only do I lack conviction, I'm uninformed.
1: (laughs) Man, I will say, though, about Rodney Anderson, when I I was watching the guys in this class, he's one of the few running backs in this class. And like Fusu mentioned, crazy injury history for this guy. 15 games over three years, but... This is one of the true split-out wide running backs in this class. He can, he can line up outside just about anywhere, and he made catches all over the field. I mean, he had 17, but but in, in his film review, if you watch the games, you can see him making catches up the seam, playing outside, lining up in the slot. So it, there's a lot of variance to him for a guy that can also run the ball very well. Of the non-Alabama running backs, it's Miles Sanders, it's
0: Daryl Henderson, and it's Rodney Anderson. Those are the guys that you need to be considering in Dynasty rookie drafts. Primarily in the second round, once the top receivers are off the board, then you can pivot over to running back and there might be some bargains available in the second round of rookie drafts. Like, for example, Alex Barnes. Mm. I have to draft Alex Barnes in the second round. I have to place Alex Barnes in the top five based solely on the fact that he is the only running back in this draft With a true bell cow profile, he has the athleticism that we like, he has the college production that we like, and he meets basic thresholds of activity in the passing game. What's not to like about Alex Barnes? I mean, he doesn't
2: really have a weakness. He's athletic, he's got production was pretty good. So, you know, I mean, in a good situation, you know, he could probably be a three down back kind of
0: feature back. That's right, he's 226 pounds. When you watched him at Kansas State, did he look twitchy at all? Mm. Or did he look more like a Zach Zenner? <laughs> I didn't.
2: I didn't feel like he popped on tape as much as you know, like Rodney Anderson did. I mean, they're both on the Big Twelve, and I thought Rodney just looked more explosive. I mean, I don't know if it's just because maybe he's just smooth. He didn't. He didn't have to run as hard. You know, he just kind of, you know, relied on being smooth. His athleticism. I think that's what it is. I mean, kind of like a like a Matt Forte. He just kind of made just kind of made things look easy.
0: So I'm pushing Rodney Anderson to the top five, bouncing Alex Barnes out of the top five. I have no conviction whatsoever in this list. (laughs) Whatever you think is what I'm going to do. (laughs) Bye, Alex Barnes. Hello, Rodney Anderson. Another running back I'm considering is Justice Hill, another Big 12 running back. He's the most explosive of all of them. His comps in the player profiler database include Jamal Charles, Reggie Bush, I mean, this guy has the best comps of all the running backs, and you can see why, right?
2: Yeah, he's an incredible athlete, really good speed, the jumps the jumps were great, really good athlete.
0: How do you think he's going to be used in the NFL?
2: I didn't think he was that strong of a runner, you know, And as far as breaking tackles, and as far as being elusive, you know, he, he, I didn't think he was that elusive, just making guys miss you know i thought he was more more average
0: oh no so he's not jamal charles he's not reggie bush
2: god damn it (laughs) in a vacuum yeah he looks good but i didn't think on the field i didn't think he was i was in his press i am as you know others other smaller backs
0: do you at least have him in your top 10 can you at least cape up for him in your top 10 at least this is a very weak class fusu
2: yeah top 10 i think he deserves top 10 just because you know his athleticism, you might it might help him get drafted higher than you know if he wasn't
0: as athletic. Did anyone crater more violently than Devin Singletary at the NFL Scouting Combine? Yeah, I got one, mm. Elijah
1: Holyfield.
0: <laughs> oh no! Stop it!
1: God, I'm sorry, Foose. No,
0: no, this was the <laughs> elephant in the room. We weren't talking about Holyfield today. <laughs> Yeah. So, Fuso, who you got? Holyfield or Singletary? I'd rather have,
2: still have Holyfield. I mean, I still like Holyfield. You know, I think he just he
0: just didn't have it that day. Just didn't have it.
2: I mean, I don't think he's. Come on, I don't think he's four seven slow. Come on, four seven, no way. That's
0: four seven's really slow. That's that's David Cobb level plotter.
2: <laughs> yeah, I mean, you don't, you don't. Yeah, you don't, you don't lead the SEC. You know. And yards after contact, because you're a plotter, you gotta have some Some kind of breakaway speed. You know, some kind of burst. Yeah, I mean, you know, he's he's got that. You know, so I I still believe in him.
0: When the forty time was released, where were you, and how are you feeling?
2: (laughs) I was I was like I was at home. I was following along the combine on my phone, just reading on Twitter. Yeah.
0: When the burst numbers, the explosion drills were released. (laughs) How did you feel? Did you throw up at all at any point in the day? (laughs) You know, Elijah Holyfield has one particularly amusing metric on playerprofiler.com, his college target share. Get this. It's (laughs) 0.3%.
1: That's funny. You have to admit, Fusu, that's funny. Come on, man. Smile. That's funny. I was gonna I was yeah. also gonna add in what else is funny is that he he was almost the first running back I've ever seen that benched more reps than inches he jumped. He <laughs> was damn close to doing it. So
0: that's amazing. What's funny is we talked about the possibility that he tested very well and launched himself into the conversation as the for the one oh one slot. We had that conversation on this show.
2: Yeah. I mean right, because you know, you saw You saw the tape, man, you know. Yeah. You were impressed, so.
0: Well, he's also at Georgia sharing a backfield with another incredible talent. There was a lot of reasons to like Elijah Holyfield coming into the Combine. Yeah. But he wasn't even the biggest failure. It was absolutely Devin Singletary. Devin Singletary had to show athleticism to back up the production because he went to Florida Atlantic. At least Holyfield went to Georgia. We got nothing to go on now with Devin Singletary. Nothing. He's the sucker play of this draft at this point. <laughs> Were you impressed with Devin Singletary at all? Was he at least a strong runner at Florida Atlantic?
2: <laughs> yeah, he was. He broke a lot of tackles. It just, I mean, I wasn't impressed with his speed and athleticism. I thought, you know, I mean, I thought he tested where... He's test, I mean, his testing didn't surprise me. I thought he, was, he just wasn't that great
0: of an athlete. That's an indictment. Well, Mike Clay has Elijah Holyfield and Devin Singletary comfortably in his top 10 rookie running backs? So we can take comfort in at least knowing that, that there's at least one fantasy analyst, a true expert in the field, who (laughs) believes in Elijah Holyfield and Devin Singletary at an irrational level. Now, the conundrum running back for me, the true conundrum running back, has to be David Montgomery, because he had the stature and the multi-year production that Alex Barnes doesn't have. Alex Barnes has a season of late career production where he was a relatively old back, dominating younger defenders in the Big 12. Montgomery was productive for consecutive seasons, but he did not fire at the NFL scouting combine, and I noticed, Fusu, that you did not mention him anywhere in your top five. So what's the deal with David Montgomery?
2: He's probably like number six or seven for me.
0: Okay. I think he keeps falling because now I want to have Rodney Anderson in my top five that necessarily pushes Alex Barnes to six. Suddenly, David Montgomery is at seven. David Montgomery is the caboose that just keeps moving back on the train as we add more cars. <laughs> Nate, do you have any thoughts on any of these players? I'm trying to give Vu his space. <laughs>
1: We haven't heard you talk since you compared Josh Jacobs to Alvin Kamara. I thought that was a pretty good addition to the show. I thought I could sit back for seven to nine players. Um, We talked about this last week. So my take on David Montgomery is that the, the argument that you always hear for David Montgomery and why his yards per carry are low is because his offensive line was being pushed back, essentially a full yard on every play. And that's why his yards after contact and yards created are so good. Um, But but then you see his athleticism and it's obvious that he's not he's not a a great athlete. I I'm not I'm not really a fan. The receiving production is the one thing for me that kind of rescues it, because if he was purely a runner with no receiving ability, I would be even more out on David Montgomery than I feel like I already am. I would be completely out. Yeah. I mean, the, the, the 36 catches in 17 was, was pretty great to see. He's obviously a good receiver out of the backfield. I didn't see him line up outside quite as much as like a guy like Rodney Anderson, but he does look fluid and natural as a receiver. So that's a benefit. That's a guy that despite the fact that he's not that agile and not that fast, he can still be functional as a third down option. And if the running holds up, which I'm not really sure that I'm a fan of him as a runner per se, I get that he's a tackle breaker and he makes guys. That's me though. I'm just saying this. I don't know where David Montgomery goes after a combine like that. Like people were saying he was, you know, early second, mid second, to be honest with you, the way that looks, he's, in my opinion, he's a late day three guy. And that's because of people's hype on him.
0: Fusu is David Montgomery strong between the tackles at least.
2: Yeah, he's a, he's a strong runner, natural runner. He's got the quicks and the vision. You know, I think I think he looks he looks better on the on the field than how he tested.
0: All right, so there's still hope. We still have him in the top ten. No one that's David Montgomery's size with that level of productivity, one of the most productive running backs in this class. You can't have that guy outside the top ten. Which brings me to Bryce Love. Bryce Love also one of the most productive running backs in this class. Undersized not as active in the passing game as we would have liked to see. I believe that the winners of this combine, other than Justice Hill and Alex Barnes, were Josh Jacobs, Rodney Anderson, and Bryce Love because they didn't test, and they let other running backs just go out and knock themselves out of contention. So Bryce Love, big winner. Good job, Bryce. (sighs) Is he going to be anything in the NFL, though?
2: I'm not sure. He He doesn't have much passing game experience, and he... He's recovered from an ACL injury, so you know, that's gonna put him behind his rookie year anyway. So you know, he might be one of those guys that just he'll just be forgotten.
0: Roddy Anderson, ACL surgery recovery. Bryce Love, ACL surgery recovery. This running back class is comedically bad. It's so bad you just have to start laughing. It's it's just that bad. You just start giggling and laughing to yourself because you can't take it seriously. It's just it's cartoonish how much failure we're seeing by the running backs in this class. It's just so underwhelming.
1: Bryce love. Um, I'm in the same boat, man. This is a, an undersized back in terms. I mean, this whole class is undersized and I think that's what Matt's alluding to too. It's like, we've got guys that are injured. We've got guys that the, the number one guy in the class uh, by most people's ranks has probably the least amount of paper production of anybody in the class, including some guys that did tear their ACL. <laughs> That's funny. That's funny. I mean, really, right? Like, how crazy is that? Thank you. It's reality. So I like some of the things that I've seen from Bryce love. Um, it was really weird to 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 watch him in two thousand and seventeen and be captivated by him. and And then, you know, in eighteen, obviously, there's injuries, but things didn't start off well either. So, I, you know, it'll be interesting to see where the NFL evaluates him. And I think we talked about this once before and, and somebody on Twitter had mentioned it, that there was rumors that he might not even want to sign a second contract, even if he got there because he'd want to go. I think you remember us talking about this, Matt, that he might want to go chase, you know, other things, uh, um, you know, business related things. So he wants to be a surgeon or a scientist or something. So it's just an interesting thing. So anyways, that's kind of my take on Bryce Love. I'm curious as well where he goes in the draft, if
0: anywhere. He was really productive in 2017. Don't forget about that. 2017 happened. Because 2017 happened, he deserves to be in the top 10, and he's a flyer in round three of Dynasty rookie drafts. Most years, I'm drafting running back in the first round of Dynasty rookie drafts and then receivers. It's inverted this year, where I'm going receiver in the first round and then taking a flyer on these running backs. It's interesting how that works, because I think that this class is deep, but it's getting too much credit for being too deep. It's not that deep, because once you get past just the Mount Rushmore, Keneal Harry, A.J. Brown, Paris Campbell, D.K. Metcalf, there's a significant gap to whoever you have at number 5. So, Fusuvu, who do you have at number 1? among the wide receivers. Number 1, I'm going to go with Metcalf.
1: Oh. <laughs> oh, goodness. Go on. Go on. Are you kidding me? Go on.
2: <laughs> why? Uh I mean, I think it's close between him and Harry. It's just, you know, it's a toss-up, so I just it's just my preference.
0: Is it a toss-up though? Is it really a toss-up? Why is it a toss-up? Can you explain to me why it's a toss-up? This sounds like a contentious Discussion all of a sudden. But you are so many different kinds of wrong with this.
2: <laughs> I mean, they're both probably going to be drafted, you know, like first round. You think? So they're all, I think so.
0: Yeah, I mean, I hope he is. I hope Keniel Harry's drafted in the first round. I certainly know that DK Metcalf will be.
1: Do you think Metcalf will go in the top 10?
2: Top 10? I think so. so yeah. Like top 15.
1: Yeah, I, I think after that combine, and we were talking about this, with the way that the NFL does its drafting and the way the hype machine builds up, I would be surprised if DK Metcalf does not go in the first 10 picks. And Nikhil Harry, in my opinion, is definitely a first-round pick, but we talked before about Paris Campbell. He's going to be in there, too, but yeah, I think he's got to be a top-10 pick at this point, point. and God forbid if he goes to Oakland. <laughs> you still like him if he goes to Oakland? What if he goes to Buffalo.
0: Oh, yeah. Oh, my. All right. sure.
2: Yeah. <laughs> Josh Allen's got kind of a big arm, so.
0: Oh, stop it. <laughs> Just stop it.
2: He'll be able to hit him deep.
0: I am fading DK Metcalf's combine more than anyone else because I already knew he was going to be fast. I knew he was explosive. These are the skills that he was bringing to the table already, Fusu. My questions around DK Metcalf were, is he an all-purpose wide receiver. Is he versatile? Can he be deployed all over the formation? Does he have a robust route inventory? And the agility drills are a red flag. They tell me no, that he's more likely to be a one-dimensional field stretcher, big playmaker, red zone weapon, than he is an every-down contributor in the NFL. When we look at his comps, they are schizophrenic at best. He is... One of, if not the most enigmatic wide receiver in this class, because his comps are not consistently good. They're plotted all over the spectrum. You have Chris Conley, Martavis Bryant, Dante Moncrief on one hand, and then on the other hand, you have Demarius Thomas, Julio Jones, Andre Johnson. Odds are he's going to be some mix of those players. I just don't know where he ends up slotting in on that spectrum, and that's terrifying to me.
2: Yeah, that's understandable. The upside is still there. I, don't, I think, ideally, you want to use him as a more of a vertical guy. You know, you don't really want to use him in the short and intermediate. Like, he's not going to be a Michael Thomas.
0: But don't we want that in his range of outcomes? The reason why I love Keneal Harry is he has a high floor and a high ceiling. His ceiling is DeAndre Hopkins' Michael Thomas, but his floor is productive WR2 in the NFL, where the range of outcomes for DK Metcalf is much wider and much scarier. In Dynasty, we have these players for life. If you're sitting on the 101 and your pick busts, first round busts in Dynasty rookie drafts are crippling. You're not worried about that?
2: I mean, I think he's got a way higher risk. You know, he's got more variance.
0: Yes, he does. Yes. So you admit that you're taking a swing. Having DK Metcalf at number one. You would admit that. That this is aggressive. I think so.
1: So the injury history doesn't bother you, and the lack of production doesn't bother you. I mean, I've got a a project I've been working on, breakoutfinder.com, this collegiate database that's gonna create a composite score. But what's that? I have never heard you mention it on the show, Nate. I'm trying to I'm trying to <laughs> reel it back. So the point is in it, we have the teammate scoring. A guy like Metcalf scored well because of guys like Demarcus Lodge, guys like AJ Brown. So to me that helps put some context to why his production was under, but when you talk about the threshold of what elite caliber players meet in terms of collegiate production, he's so far below the line and, and then the injuries. And then obviously this was, it was countered by insane athleticism. And, and here's a question for you while I'm on this, this take here, I've heard a lot of people say that he slipped and fell during his three cone and it should have been better. Is that your take?
2: It could have been a little bit better, but, you know, I'm not too scared off by his testing. I mean, when I watched him on film, you know, he didn't he didn't look like a lumbering guy. You know, I mean, like I said, like I said on Twitter, nobody nobody all year I didn't see anyone mention his agility change of direction. Not one person mentioned it. And now, you know, you know, it's like 90% of the people they're going to knock him for it.
0: Well, because what happens is the agility score is a light bulb moment for people where they see that and they go back and go, wait a second. What does DK Metcalf's route inventory look like? How versatile is he? What kind of variety did we see in his route tree? And then you go back and look and go, oh, yeah, that's right. He ran the same route over and over and over again. He is a downfield weapon that they deployed, but not necessarily their go-to guy. Their go-to guy was A.J. Brown. Mm -hmm. Their go-to guy, their alpha receiver, when they're in the huddle and they need a first down, it's going to A.J. Brown, guys. They're drawing up plays for A.J. Brown. They're moving A.J. Brown all over the formation. A.J. Brown looks the part of the NFL prototype that so many offenses covet. You see less and less DK Metcalfs in the league, and you see more and more A.J. Browns posting huge target shares and monster production.
2: Yeah, that's understandable.
0: Fuso, are we convincing you yet? (laughs) Keneal Harry, Uh, A.J. Brown, are you sure you don't want to have those receivers based on their high floor and the lower risk that they bring to the table? you sure you don't want to have those receivers ahead of D.K. Metcalf? Because I understand having him at three. I'm on board having him at three. I don't have him at three. I have him at four. But I get why one would have him at three. Putting him ahead of A.J. Brown or Keneal Harry, to me, feels like you're chasing it. And you don't need to chase it, because like we said before, the ceiling for A.J. Brown and Keneal Harry is Michael Thomas and DeAndre Hopkins, and that's number one wide receiver in fantasy. So you have the best of both worlds with those guys. What's a more interesting debate for me, and that I've been having with Nate for weeks, is DK Metcalf versus Paris Campbell, because these are two different types of upside, and it's very close between these two players. Where do you have Paris Campbell? Mm, God have I'm, mercy on you
2: here. I'm not, I'm not as high on him. He's not in my top five.
0: He's not in your top five. Is he in your top ten? Ten?
2: Yeah, definitely ten.
0: Thank God. Oh, he's, <laughs> he's at ten?
2: Top ten. He, he's at top ten somewhere. I'm not.
0: He better not be at slot ten. He better be inside ten. He better at least be in your top eight, Fusi. I like... like by 6 <laughs> I'm going to find you wherever you are in parts unknown. I'm going to go there with a crossbow. Come after you, man. I'm offended.
2: <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think definitely top ten.
0: Okay, thank you. Thank you for that. Why don't you like Paris Campbell, man?
2: I mean, he, he does have the lack of production, too.
0: Oh, yeah, that 1,000-yard season at Ohio State. Yeah, that's right. But the Dominator rating wasn't there. His Dominator rating, in fairness, was lower than D.K. Metcalf because D.K. Metcalf had the partial season due to the injury. I understand all that. For me, it goes back to the argument for A.J. Brown over D.K. Metcalf, that A.J. Brown fits that Sean McVay offense prototype, an explosive Robert Woods. If I'm an offensive coordinator, that's what I'm looking for. And with Paris Campbell, this is a sports car with the perfect stature for today's spread attack, where you can put him all over the field on those jet sweeps, put him in motion, run him everywhere, deep, shallow,
1: double moves. To me, he's much more versatile and just as explosive as DK Metcalf. And this is a guy that, again, I mean, has played multiple seasons with with good college talent around him, guys that got drafted to the NFL. So it's understandable that, 2017 wasn't the year that 2018 was for him. Cause like Matt brought up, you know, 2018 he leads the, the team in receptions with 90 over a thousand yards receiving 12 touchdowns. I mean, versatile player in this offense, 12 and, and touchdowns, it, 12 touchdowns and an incredible athlete. So Woo! he had rushing production too. Yeah. And so when you factor all these things in for Paris Campbell, to me, I feel like he's going to go in the top 25 of this NFL draft, and uh, maybe bold. Um, I, I definitely think that he vaulted himself there with this. And I think the teams are going to go back, look at the tape on him and start to salivate over the idea of, OK, wh- where can we put this guy in positions to be successful? Because he's got the juice. He's got the requisite skills. I, I know that. I mean, Fusa, what, what is it about? paris campbell necessarily as a a playmaker that you dislike do you think he's just not a polished route runner or is it for you just everything before 2018
2: uh i think just yeah as a route runner he just i think he's more of a he's a better runner than he is a receiver
0: oh no you think he's quarter patterson
2: yeah (laughs) he might be maybe maybe his hands are a little better but i think that's kind of it could that could kind of be his trajectory
0: no fucking way. L Patterson <laughs> capped out at Tennessee at 778 yards and only five touchdowns, but he did have 25 rushing attempts and 300 rushing yards. So he was a much more—he was utilized much more in the running game and less in the passing game. So thank God, Paris Campbell is not a l Patterson comp. I'm offended. So who do you have in the top five? If not Paris Campbell, then whom? God, tread lightly. Top five. Top five, Fusu. You have two guys left for your top five. Don't fuck this up.
2: (laughs) No pressure. No pressure. I'll go with Isabella.
0: Yes. Oh, you're back, and he's back. He's back. Fusu's back. Just when you reached the depths of my resentment, you totally redeemed yourself.
1: (laughs) Well played. Oh yeah. So, what do you like? What do you like about Andy Isabella?
2: well he's got blazing speed and his his production is pr- pretty much elite you know yeah. dominant rating and he he dropped 200 on Georgia and you know
0: whoo he dropped 200 yards on Georgia oh because Nate was talking to me about their schedule and how his level of competition discredits his production
2: <laughs> yeah I mean yeah he played a low level but he did what you're supposed to do
0: dominated what do you have against georgia nate needs to know this again go ahead 200 something yards oh snap are you hearing this nate are you hearing this
1: i'm listening <laughs> to what
0: is the big... message getting through to you andy
1: isabella can
0: shred elite level competition in the college level
1: i know what andy isabella did in that game but the, the stuff that comes up in here is the fact that he's look ah oh, <clears throat> I have him in my top five also. So I don't want to. I hate this because somehow Matt always gets me going like this and makes me look like I'm anti a particular player. I mean, his 219 against Georgia is almost as impressive as his 303 against Liberty. 15 receptions, 219
0: yards, and two touchdowns against Georgia. Wow. Wow. Riley Ridley never did that in an intersquad
1: scrimmage, much less an actual game. To be fair, in that game, he had one catch for 11 to Andy Isabella's 15 for 219. <sighs> that is beautiful. I love that
0: box score. This is my favorite box score in the history of college football. The Riley Ridley one catch against UMass compared to Andy Isabella's 15 receptions for over 200 against Georgia. I mean, that encapsulates... Metrics versus film, better than any box score I've ever seen. Fusu, do you believe that when you look across your Twitter timeline, across the industry, that the film grinders have, by consensus, Riley Ridley ahead of Andy Isabella?
2: Oh, yeah, definitely. Oh. Idiots! Yeah, definitely. <laughs> yeah. If we, if we go back to 2017, he, he dropped 158 on Mississippi State, so that's not bad either.
0: Oh, my God. You want to know what Andy Isabella is the best at in college, and I think that he will soon be the best at in the NFL? Yeah. What is it? The double move. Uh The double move. The stutter and go. The out and up. The slant and go. No
1: one can compete. It's Brandon Cook's level agility-speed combo. I think Isabella too. I mean, yeah he he's got he's got the juice, obviously. Um, And I think a team's gonna fall in love with him in this evolving NFL game that we're all you know paying attention to. I, I think that he's gonna end up being a third round pick, which would be would be awesome. I mean, it, that would be a huge leap from I guess where pre combine. I think a lot of people would have evaluated him because though people knew he was quick, he had the track background. Um, after the combine, I think he's truly vaulted himself up into that class.
0: So. Well, it was a multi-leveled vaulting because he vaulted after the Senior Bowl. He was the most valuable wide receiver at the Senior Bowl, at least got the most buzz. He and Debo Samuel got the most buzz. And then so he parlayed an exceptional Senior Bowl into an exceptional scouting combine. Maybe, just maybe, he's just... Exceptional. It's a great chance. There's a great chance. That's true. Yes. Yeah. I'm so glad we agree. Everyone now has Andy Isabella comfortably in their top five, and I can exhale. Who's your number five receiver?
2: Akeem Butler.
0: Oh my <laughs> god. Interesting. <laughs> Just like that, you flush yourself down the toilet.
1: <laughs> a toilet flush sound effect. <laughs>
0: Why? Why, Fusu? Why? Why do you love these traditional <laughs> X receivers circa 1995? <laughs> you are looking for the next Alvin Harper on the Dallas Cowboys, where I'm looking for the next Cooper Cop, Robert Woods, Brandon Cooks. You're looking for the next Michael Irvin, Alvin Harper. Do you see the difference? hmm Yeah. So are you going to admit you're wrong about... Hakeem Butler and pick someone else? Things could change
2: from now till the draft.
0: (laughs) Did you see what Hakeem Butler did in his first year in college? Zero receptions because he was too raw. What did he do in his second year? A whole bunch of nothing. What did he do in his third year? Not impressive. What did he do in his fourth year? Finally, after three years of development, he dominated with very little competition for targets on his own team.
1: Exactly. His teammate score was, was very low. so. It's not that plan of factor. I mean, what did you like about Hakeem Butler? What about his game attracted you to Hakeem
0: Butler?
2: Uh, For a taller receiver, I thought he looked pretty smooth. You know, I just changed direction, and he got a pretty good catch radius as well.
0: Pretty good catch radius. Does he have the best catch radius in the history of the Combine?
2: Yeah, I think so.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's really good. It's just if you can't dominate for three consecutive seasons at a school like Iowa State, I'm out. I'm just
1: telling you, Fusu. I'm out. I don't have him in my top ten. So, Fusu, can I ask you a question? when When you look at when you look at uh, Hakeem Butler and his body of work and his combine, uh, what, what do you what do you foresee for him? Like, if you had to comp his game, or a player in the NFL, kind of, what, what do you see here for him? Is he an AJ Green to you? Is he a uh, you know what wh- what kind of classification do you put him in?
2: He kind of reminds me of Doral Green Beckham. Yeah, that's kind of his game, but yeah, I mean, he doesn't, he doesn't have any off-field issues, so hopefully he can stay in the league.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, what would have been, what could have been for Doriel Green Beckham? I have a franken comp for Hakeem Butler. You guys ready for it? Let's go. Devontae Doxon. <laughs> okay. He's a cross between Devontae Parker and Josh Doxon. Interesting. Is he not? These were both old prospects, broke out late, have similar body types and playing styles, posted impressive dominator ratings in their final seasons, but also required a an elongated
1: development cycle. I mean, this is a great Frankencomp, guys. Well, I don't know where I, I'm surprised that Fusu's not given not saying anything about Butler's lack of production, but he was giving it to Paris Campbell, and Paris Campbell plays a much tougher schedule. What's up with that, man? It seems like hypocrisy. It's bias. <laughs> Where are you at on that?
0: Fusu has a type. If you are a prototypical ex receiver from nineteen ninety-five, Fusu Vu is going to love you. I know.
1: Yep. Is... That's right. Yeah, bring Jimmy Johnson out of retirement. <laughs> Let's go. That's why Andy Isabella was such a was such a mind F when you said it because I was expecting somebody at least six inches taller. I'm like, wait, Andy Isabella's not
2: (laughs) 6'6"? Yeah, I mean, he's probably one of the few small... I think the only small receiver I like in this class.
0: But if there was a small receiver to like, it would be Andy Isabella. So you get a lot of credit, Fusu. You get a lot of credit. There's a bunch of impressive size-adjusted athletes in this class. What about Jazz Ferguson? You all familiar with Jazz Ferguson from Northwestern State? He impressed at the Combine. Some of these wide receivers, like Jazz Ferguson, like Miles Boykin, they actually posted better burst scores and speed scores than even DK Metcalf. I think that's directed to you, Fuso. I'll let you field that one. <laughs> Are you familiar with Jazz Ferguson at all? Because Nate is a Division One snob. Goddamn right. <laughs> if it's not a Division One player, he doesn't know who he is. He doesn't want to talk about him. He gives no credit to Ashton Doolin, for example. When I say Ashton Doolin, he says, who is that?
1: I don't know who that is.
0: He's terrible. <laughs> it's just wrong. He's every kind of wrong. Did you know that Nate has this app called the Breakout Finder that doesn't even acknowledge the existence of Terrell Owens, Antonio Brown, Jerry Rice, and Randy
1: Moss? It's like those receivers didn't exist. Ashton Doolin's definitely not in there either. <laughs> Get him the hell. I don't, I don't even know who that... I don't know. I should change his name to Ashton. I don't know who this dude is. It's the most fraudulent... <laughs> Go easy.
0: Prospect mining system I've ever seen. I want nothing to do with it. Unless you're going to identify the next Jerry Rice or Antonio Brown or Terrell Owens for me, I'm out. We've already done that. Nikhil Harry. Ah! Very good! Very good! Love it! No, I love the Breakout Finder. One of the best apps ever built. Jazz Ferguson. Excited? My feeling is, if you like Hakeem Butler, then you have to like Jazz Ferguson. Yeah, I
2: think so. He's got the size. He tested good, but I mean, you know.
0: Did you watch any film of Northwestern State? Not at all. (laughs) Not at all. Okay. Well, he's best comparable to Tommy Streeter. He's similar to DK Metcalf in that he showed... Upper percentile, size-adjusted speed, above-average burst, and an agility score below the 10th percentile. So he's the ultimate extreme case study. That's why he's best comparable to Tommy Streeter. DK Metcalf is definitely better than Jazz Ferguson. I can say that without question. Oh DK Metcalf's a lot of things. He's definitely better than Jazz Ferguson, but I understand why you would stash a Jazz Ferguson in Dynasty because he has the incredible athleticism and those guys have upside and they can pop. And there's reasons to put those guys on a taxi squad. What about miles Boykin? Have you been following miles Boykin at all? Because Walter football has him in their top 10. Yeah. I've been
2: following him ever since he was a recruit.
0: And really? Yeah.
2: So I was... so am
0: I missing something? I don't think he's good at football. I mean,
2: yeah, he doesn't quite play up to his measurables.
0: You know, that's like the biggest stinging indictment of all time for any receiver. If you underperform your athleticism on a college football field, you're fucking dead to me, Fusu. (laughs) Yeah, I
2: understand. I mean, the only thing that really popped up on tape was, you know, his catch radius. But the speed wasn't exactly there. And, you know, that agility wasn't exactly there either. Just, you know, just kind of been raw his whole college career
0: and he will remain raw during his short NFL career.
1: <laughs> I'm I'm surprised and I haven't seen it that he wasn't one of these types of guys where an NFL team asked him to try at a second position. You know, tried to get him to do I I don't know. I mean, he's he's pretty tall, but his athleticism is ridiculous. You know who else has ridiculous
0: athleticism? Emmanuel Hall. Emmanuel Hall had a 144.5 burst score, 99th percentile. He's one of those receivers with more burst than DK Metcalf. Look at the college yards per reception, 22.4. If you can't get DK Metcalf, why not Emmanuel Hall?
2: Yeah, I mean, he's he was an exceptional deep threat, very explosive. I mean, if that's what you're looking for. And, you know, he's not... A tiny receiver either, so he's got some size. I mean, I thought he changed direction pretty well too. So he's not exactly just a pure straight line guy. You know, hopefully he could develop other areas of his game.
0: Yeah, it illustrates how strong this class is. Where a DJ Chark level athlete gets drafted in the second round last year, Emmanuel Hall is not going to go until the third or fourth round, and he's better than DJ Chark.
2: Yeah, definitely. That's something that I've been echoing as
0: well. I mean, 800-plus yards in only eight games, guys. That's impressive. Yeah. That extrapolates to something close to Hakeem Butler. This is what I'm saying. If you like the Hakeem Butler prototype, then there are plenty of options for you later on in rookie drafts. Jazz Ferguson, Emmanuel Hall, Miles Boykin. Not Miles Boykin. I mean, Hakeem Butler's a lot of things. He ain't no Miles fucking Boykin. Get the hell out of here with Miles Boykin. (laughs) These other guys, I'm open to them being good, though. I also believe that there may be a receiver from West Virginia who pops at some point, who ends up exceeding expectations in the NFL at some point. Do you think it'll be Gary Jennings, or are you more interested in David Sills? David Sills and Nash, as I like to call them.
2: Go, take a sister, by the hand, her away from this.
1: Land, away, where we might laugh again, we are leaving.
0: You don't need <laughs> That's good. Well done, because it's David Crosby, right? Yeah, the, I I, I got gotcha. you. Use his first name instead of calling him Crosby. You call him David, and then you just. Add the Sills because he's David Sills, and then you just tack the Nash on at the end. David Sills and Nash. We get
1: it. You know, Matt, it's actually better if you don't have to explain it. (laughs) Fusu, give me a West Virginia receiver. Gary Jennings.
0: God damn it. Why? (laughs) He's younger and he's more athletic. David Sills and Gary Jennings were both at the Senior Bowl, and I talked to Alex Dunlap from Rosterwatch, and I was just on his podcast, it out Rosterwatch on iTunes, and I asked him, better receiver, Sills or Jennings? And he said, who is Jennings? And I said, you were at the Senior Bowl. You saw Gary Jennings and David Sills. He's like, I don't know who Gary Jennings is. I don't remember ever seeing him at the Senior Bowl. That's how little of an impact he made. But David Sills is a good player and he's best comparable to Stevie Johnson. So I'm open to David Sills being the white Steve Johnson. <laughs>
1: I got to – dude, my thing on David Sills, and I've been saying this for a couple years now, is I've – Wait, you've been talking about David Sills for years? Uh, here's the thing that bugs me about Sills. We were talking about this before. It's that – the the touchdowns. Like, I I feel like some guys get vaulted into the conversation based on touchdowns, and this is the case. This is a – I just, I don't know. I'm not sold on him. And and again, we talked about this with some other players. It's a hell of a time to come out as a, a decent player by most draft class standards and go into one of the most athletically and talented deep classes that we've seen since 2014. It's going to be a difficult year to get through when you've got all these talented players. I mean, we're talking about guys already like Emmanuel Hall. Freaky athletes that that may not share similar to production to some of the guys above them, but teams are gonna want to take a flyer on a guy who's six two with elite athleticism. We have multiple receivers named
0: Emmanuel. Emmanuel Butler's also in this class. Is there any redemption in Emmanuel Butler's future? Because not running in the 40, Fusu, for me, was irredeemable. Are you familiar with Emmanuel Butler? Yeah. I'm familiar with him. I mean, he had a dominant sophomore season at Northern Arizona. I'm trying to give these small school receivers a chance. The problem is, usually you have one small school receiver that pops, and we all agree it's Ashton Doolin, right? Even Nate would agree. Even though he hates small school guys, if you force (laughs) him to only look at small school players, he would have to choose Ashton Doolin. But I liked Emmanuel Butler coming into the combine. I was ready to put him in my top 10. And then the coward bails on the 40. And I'm like, you're dead to me.
2: Yeah, that's. I mean, that's disappointing.
0: He's from a small school. You can't afford to do that. No, you needed to show up. You didn't show up, group, man. So, <laughs> yeah, I'm very disappointed. What about Greg Dorch? There we go. He is an interesting case. He is unathletic, Andy Isabella. <laughs> what dimension is this? I don't know. He could be.
2: He's going have to be like a um, Cole beastie. I guess just, you know, he's just going to have to, you know, find a team that really loves the slot and just that utilizes the slot.
0: My friend Marcus Mosier loved Dortch's film. What did you think?
2: Yeah, I I, I liked him a lot on film, you know, but I mean he's kind of small and not athletic, so.
0: Kind of small? Kind of small? Do you know how small he is? Nate, do you know how small Greg Dortch is? Oh, yeah. He's 5'7", 173. It's not big. He barely registers a BMI at all. (laughs) And he didn't test either. Like, he just went full coward. He just said, you know what? And this is what you should do. If I were his agent, this is what I would implore him to do. Go run these drills at the practice facility. If you don't excel, don't test. Opt out and force teams... To evaluate you based only on your film. If
1: that's where you're strongest, then rest on that and that alone. I don't hate Greg Dortch by any means, man. I think he had really impressive release. Uh, he's good at the line. He's got speed. I don't know that he's a bad athlete at all.
0: Wait, he has speed? We, I heard he's very slow.
1: I don't think he's that slow. I mean, but we didn't get to test. Here's the thing we could ask, and I would love to run this next year. I'd love to get as many analysts as I can, put a list in front of them, and have them, based on tape evaluation, tell me how fast every guy's going to run at the combine. And you will be amazed at how many people get that wrong by miles.
0: They'll get it wrong. Well, look at Fusu Vu with Elijah Holyfield. (laughs) I mean, he had to take a giant L. I mean, Fusu, tell us. Who gave you the hardest time on Twitter after the Combine? Who are you this close to blocking on Twitter? You know, there's, there's a few regulars. <laughs> Give us your fieriest feud. Man, I can't remember. There was,
2: there's been a few. Oh, come
0: on, there's man. <laughs> it, wasn't even, it wasn't even memorable. What about Brad Kelly? It wasn't anything like funny
2: enough for me to remember.
0: Do you ever mute these film grinders that hit you with the I told you so's after you've been right on nine guys, but wrong about one.
2: Yeah, exactly. You know, one big L, but, you know, a few good wins.
0: Oh, DK Metcalf. You were talking about DK Metcalf literally four years ago. How the hell did you identify DK Metcalf so early in the process?
2: I mean, you just, when you watch, you watch highlights and, you know, it's
0: just, you just see it, you know. High school highlights and you just saw it?
1: Yeah. Wow, man. I mean, you just see it. I mean, here's the thing: weren't you? I couldn't have you, been the only one. <laughs> but didn't you tweet know. the other day that, that who's the next DK Metcalf in high school? Were you just tweeting this? You want to put it out there? Who is the next DK Metcalf? I want to know.
2: I mean, I, I have two names in mind. Drop them. There's a freshman from last year. Uh, his name's Justin Shorter. Uh, he goes to
0: Penn State. Let me guess. He's tall.
2: Oh yeah. <laughs> He's big, tall and fast, of course, this is perfect, uh like six four, two, eighteen, or something.
0: It's like when they call mobsters tiny, right?
2: yeah, and he's also and he's also kind of raw, so
0: <laughs> oh no, perfect, perfect, big, tall, explosive, raw receiver, wow, fusu vu has a type,
2: yeah, and then the other guy, uh it's he'll be a freshman this year. He's gonna he's going to Northwestern. Uh, Oh. Yeah, his name is Jensen Hooper. And he runs track and he he ran like tens, mid-tens in the hundred meter.
0: Oh my god.
2: And he ran like a he ran a four-four-seven, something like that at at the high school testing. And he what he's six four, two hundred five, so.
0: Oh my god. He's a future 220-pound X receiver prototype, a future monster at the next level, going to Northwestern of all places. (laughs) Why the hell? Who the hell convinced him to go to Northwestern? Pat Fitzgerald does it again. (laughs) He wants a good good degree. He's smart, too. This is amazing. What do you think is going to be more impressive, his wonder lick or his speed score? (laughs) He's going to Northwestern, man. All right, I, I have a few more wide receivers to talk about. I want to revisit Ohio State, the alma mater of our bay, Paris
1: Campbell. Uh, God bless him.
0: The receiver across the formation from Paris Campbell, his name was Terry McLaren. And when I talked to Alex Dunlap from Roster Watch, he mentioned Debo Samuel and Andy Isabella shredded the Senior Bowl. And his sleeper from the Senior Bowl was Terry McLaren. Why not Terry McLaren if he was sharing a field? with a generational talent in Paris Campbell, you can rationalize away his lack of production. And when you look at his athleticism, he's top 10 in the class across the board. This is the perfect sleeper to stash in in Dynasty Leagues. Is he not? When you watch Terry McLaren, Fusuvu, what did you think?
2: He was a really good uh, deep threat. He's an older prospect, so, you know, I think you kind of wonder why he didn't produce earlier.
0: I do wonder that. That's right. And he capped out at 35 receptions but 20 yards per reception and 11 touchdowns. They had to spread the ball around at Ohio State. By the same token, what about DeMarcus Lodge at Mississippi? Is it possible that he was just parked behind two exceptional receivers and that he is a lot better than his production would indicate?
2: Yeah, I mean, tape, tape grinders, they like him a lot.
0: Well, in some cases, this is why we have tape grinders. We need them in some cases. For a guy like DeMarcus Lodge, I need the tape grinders to tell me because I'm never going to know based on the production numbers. But he was impressive at the Combine, was he not? I think he was. I mean, he was was not bad. But the problem is he was a sub-athlete at the Combine. He's one of the few receivers that checked in with a Spark X score below 90. That's under the 10th percentile. If your Spark X is below the 10th percentile, your odds of being an every week contributor at the NFL level are tiny. You're either Jarvis Landry or you're out of the league. Terry McLaren's the opposite, though. Terry McLaren shares a name with a sports car company. And he looks like a sports car. I mean he's six foot 208. He's like a more athletic version of Debo Samuel. Would you agree with that?
2: Probably so.
0: Jeez, Fusu, uh, way to come strong on that one. <laughs> Jesus, I know I was hanging on there too. I'm like, what's he going to do here? Is Fusu going to answer this? I'll get you out here on this. Let's talk about a, a wide receiver that we all like. Debo Samuel. We talked about this earlier. My thesis for this wide receiver class is those with the modern-day NFL stature and athleticism, the versatile receivers that can win in all phases, Paris Campbell and Debo Samuel, fit that description. I believe that they need to be ranked ahead of the one-dimensional X receivers that are doomed to a Josh Dox and Devontae Parker future in the NFL. That's my take, and that's why I have Debo Samuel comfortably in the top 10. Do you agree with that?
2: Yeah, I agree with that. I like I like Debo.
0: What do you like about Debo?
2: He was one of the better route runners, and he's really good after the catch. And, you know, he's a strong runner. He could break some tackles, too, for a wide receiver because, you know, he's kind of built kind of stout.
0: Yeah, you look at Juju Smith-Schuster. He led the league in yards after the catch last year. This is what I want from my wide receivers in today's NFL. Line up all over the formation, go in motion, be a target magnet, and then accumulate yards after the catch.
1: Debo Samuel can do it. And he plays He plays in all roles. He's got rushing production. He's got receiving production, over 1,200 yards as a kick returner. And then if you look at 2018, go to his game log, look, played a big game at Clemson, 10 catches, 210 yards, 3 touchdowns. Big game. And that game came after a game where he had 112 yards, which came after a game against Florida where he had 120. So three games in a row over a hundred yards. Uh, the guy's clearly been a focal point of the office of the offense. He's a big play receiver. Um, and he's got the athleticism. I was glad to see him go to the combine and test as well as he did. So this is a guy moving forward. That's, that's definitely locked in the top 10 and has the production to usurp some of these other players that currently right now, I think are being ranked above him. Nate Liss, welcome to the show. So this is a guy moving forward that's definitely locked in the top 10 and has the production to usurp some of these other players that currently right now I think are being ranked above him. Nate Liss, welcome to the show. Thank you, guys. Thank you. Thank you.
0: <laughs> I think that's the show, guys. Fusu, nice job, man. Did we miss anybody? Did we miss anybody?
1: Oh, our Sega white side. Our Sega white side. Nobody hits our <laughs> Sega white side ever. It'll be what? funny when he's the best receiver in the class, but nobody talked about him ever. Wait, Fusu, do you like Harsega Whiteside?
2: Yeah, he could be a touchdown machine. <laughs> he could be like a 4'7
0: guy too, so I don't know. <laughs> when their upside is Josh Doxson, really excites me. Really inspires me. Just kidding. <laughs> Fusu's getting up, he's ready to get the hell out of here. Every time I would speak for more than 20 seconds, Nate would just, he would just go into that trance. Like, do you see that, that gif of Ben Affleck when he's on that show? They play the music behind him. Hello darkness, my old friend.
1: After about 10 seconds, I just, <laughs> I just turn off till, oh, you could call my name. i like, oh, back up. <laughs> hey, I was trying to give Fusu room. I- we gave him room. We asked him about every fucking receiver and what he thought. I know, I'm just saying I'm trying to give him room to answer every question first That's why I didn't say anything There was one receiver where he gave us a whole bunch of nothing
0: That's yeah, true <laughs> I was like, uh, that sounds great Fusu you could literally applies to every receiver in the league <laughs> Oh man Nate, go back to bed Thank you God, <laughs> I do my best every week You guys know who Felton Davis is? Oh yeah, I'm, he looks good on paper.
1: If, what, Felton Davis third or whatever? Uh, yeah, he's good on paper. Alright, okay, I'm gonna take us in and then we'll, we'll go to town on this thing. What about Miles Boinkin?
2: I mean, I've been following him since he was in high school, but he just kinda never got the playing time and, you know, never got the opportunity, so it's probably gonna not help his development,
1: hey, so... Yeah. just out of curiosity, Matt, before we go in, hey, uh, Fusu, your your headset, is that... Do you hear the buzz, Matt? Listen,
0: man. Listen. Here's my thing on this. Fusu is speaking to us from parts unknown. Okay. If there's a little feedback, it's not a big deal to me. I, I, wasn't even gonna bring it up. I'm an audiophile.
1: I wasn't even gonna bring it up. I got a background in audio, man. I'm sorry. I just had to. It's just you know like. A... When you bring us in, you can say that
0: Fusu Vu is joining us from parts unknown. I love that. Yeah. He found. Uh, he found a satellite link up. He's he's coming to us via satellite. Parts unknown earth
1: okay all right i'm <laughs> going to do this right now here we go all right what's up everybody welcome to the sonic truth dynasty podcast i'm your host Nate list you can find me on twitter at an outrage you i thought he was going to come with like a prepared list and you're like who do you got at number 1 he's like let me see who i'm going to go with <laughs> uh i'm going to go with i'm like wait a minute you don't have a list you know you, you know
0: fusu Hakeem Butler is ranked in this top five and is best comparable to Doriel Green Beckham.
1: And I'm like, um, exactly? How do you give a, a chance to Hakeem Butler and totally crap on Paris Campbell, who's an elite athlete with like requisite size to be fantastic? Don't you want the next Stefan Diggs? Why are you fucking chasing Josh Doxson? Basically
0: gonna come down to things we can't measure. If Paris Campbell wants to be great and he has an incredible work ethic... You can't convince me that he's not going to be good. I'm pretty sure Nikhil Harry has all those traits. We don't know with Paris Campbell. There's certainly red flags with the productivity. We don't know how dedicated he is to his craft. If, for example, Paris Campbell is one of the top five most dedicated, passionate football players in this wide receiver group, he's going to be fucking awesome.
1: I agree. Dude, he's got all the tools, man. It doesn't matter
0: with Hakeem Butler how hard he works. I heard Josh Doxon works his ass off. The first word that comes to mind when describing his running style is smooth. And that was the first word you used to describe Miles Sanders. I mean, this show is going great. <laughs> so great. I'm swaying in the wind. No conviction with these running back rankings whatsoever. <laughs> it's this guy. All right, we're not going to see him test. I didn't know that. ACL tear. God. Not only do I lack conviction, I'm uninformed. <laughs>
1: Man, I will say, though, about Rodney Anderson, when I I was watching the guys in this class, he's one of the few running backs in this class. And like Fusu mentioned, crazy injury history for this guy, 15 games over three years. But this is one of the true split-out wide running backs in this class. He He can line up outside just about anywhere, and he made catches all over the field. I mean, he had 17, but but in in his film review, if you watch the games, you can see him making catches up the seam, playing outside, lining up in the slot. So there's a lot of variance to him for a guy that can also run the ball very well. I have no conviction whatsoever in this list. Whatever you think is
0: what I'm going to do. (laughs) (laughs) Did anyone crater more violently than Devin Singletary at the NFL Scouting Combine? I got one. Elijah Holyfield. <laughs> oh no! Stop it! Did you throw up at all at any point in the day? Get this. It's 0. .3%. <laughs> that's funny. You have to admit, Fusu. That's funny. Come on, man. Smile. That's funny. We got nothing to go on now with Devin Singletary. Nothing. He's the sucker play of this draft. So we can take comfort in at least knowing that, that there's at least one fantasy analyst, a true expert in the field, who believes in Elijah Holyfield and Devin Singletary. Unless you're going to identify the next Jerry Rice or Antonio Brown or Terrell Owens for me, I'm out. We've already done that. Nikhil Harry. Ah, very good. Very good. Love it. No, I love the Breakout Finder. One of the best apps ever built. Nate, do you have any thoughts on any of these players? We
1: haven't heard you talk since you compared Josh Jacobs to Alvin Kamara. I thought that was a pretty good addition to the show. I thought I could sit back for seven to nine players. Just when you reached the depths of my resentment,
0: you totally redeemed yourself. Top five. Top five, Fusu. You have two guys left for your top five. Don't fuck this up. Top five. Because Walter Football has him in their top ten. David Montgomery is the caboose that just keeps moving back on the train as we add more cars. If you underperform your athleticism
1: on a college football field, you're fucking dead to me, Fusu. I think when I said David Montgomery, I said I think I said late day three, and I definitely meant day two, so I don't want that to get out there. It's important correction, Nate. It is, because well, people are going to be like, you're an idiot. You think so. he's <laughs> a...
0: Yeah, because people will be holding you accountable on Twitter. Oh, he went late day two, not day three. Oh, Nate Liss, you're wrong.
1: You're idiot. You're idiot. You're idiot. You're idiot. You're idiot. <laughs> oh my God, I don't want people to think I think he's a round five player, but he does look like he's running like he just came off an ACL tear. Oh no, you think he's Cordarell Patterson? Yeah. You know, Bryce Love had over two
0: thousand rushing yards. If Bryce Love had his 2017 season this year, he would be considered the 101, right? He'd be up there. He was second in the Heisman voting.
1: And, you know, as a lightly used satellite back as a freshman, he had 15 catches. I know, but look at it this way. He did tear his ACL, but he didn't do it till the very end of the year. You should go look at the year that he had. Bryce Love's production throughout the year was very weird. The way that it... Bryce Love
0: reminds me of Matt Breida. And that Matt Breida was productive for three straight seasons and then had a strangely unproductive and inefficient final year. I think
1: Bryce Love is Matt Breida. It was a really bad year. That's a good take though. It, It was a really bad year. He just, he underwhelmed all year. Very weird. I don't know why.
0: Could have been fighting through an injury and that injury then compensating for that injury, he tore his ACL. It's very possible. Maybe. Why is it a toss-up? Can you explain to me why it's a toss-up? This sounds like a contentious discussion all of a sudden, but
1: you are so many different kinds of wrong with this. The, the number one guy in the class, uh, by most people's ranks, has probably the least amount of paper production of anybody in the class, including some guys that did tear their ACL. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. That's
2: funny. Number one, I'm going to go with... Metcalf. Oh, Metcalf. Oh, Metcalf.
1: Oh. If
0: you are a prototypical ex receiver from 1995, Fusu Vu is going to love you. That's right. Yeah, bring Jimmy Johnson out of retirement. Let's go! Rodney Anderson. Yes. Yes. God. Thank oh you. Oh, my God. This <laughs> thank is great. You. This is a good day. Oh, thank you. Thank you, God. <laughs> all these
1: God. running backs over Josh Jacobs. <laughs> uh. I mean, this is a great comp, guys. Breakoutfinder.com, this collegiate database that's going to create a composite score. But What's that? I have never heard you mention it on the show, Nate.
0: Josh Allen's
2: got a big arm, so.
0: Oh, stop it. He's from a small school. You can't afford to do that. He's 5'7", 173. He barely registers a BMI at all. I don't hate Greg Dorch. What do you do with an unathletic black Andy Isabella? <laughs> what dimension is this?
1: Can't believe you called Greg Dorch the black Andy Isabella. <laughs> God, this guy. Or I'm going to find you
0: wherever you are in parts unknown. I'm going to go there with a crossbow. Come after you, man. I'm offended.
1: I know what Andy Isabella did in that game, but the, the stuff that comes up in here is the fact that he's... look in here is the fact that he's uh, you look in here is the fact that he's uh,
0: you look, uh, you, look uh, you look you're looking for the next Michael Irvin, Alvin Harper Hakeem Butler's a lot of things he ain't no Miles fucking boinking maybe, just maybe, he's just exceptional my comp for Hakeem Nix for Hakeem Butler is not Hakeem Nix, which would be funny David Sills and Nash
1: we can get it <laughs> No, no, Nate. Say like you did last time. Like it's better if you don't have to explain it. Say that. Uh, you know, Matt. It's actually better if you don't have to explain it. The overproduction of this show is unbelievable.
0: Wait, you've been talking about David Sills for years, so I'm open to David Sills being the White Steve Johnson.
1: As many analysts as I can, put a list in front of them, and have them, based on tape evaluation, tell me how fast every guy's going to run at the Combine. And you will be amazed at how many people get that wrong. By miles, they'll get it wrong.
0: Well, look at Fusu Vu with Elijah Holyfield. <laughs> I mean, he had to take a giant L. <laughs> He's like a more athletic version of Debo Samuel. Would you agree with that?
2: Probably so.
0: Geez, Fusu, uh, way to come strong on that one. <laughs> Jesus. I know I was hanging on there, too. I'm like, what's he going to do here? Is Fusa going to answer this? Our bay, Paris Campbell.
1: Ah. Uh, ah. Uh, ah. Uh, God bless him. the black andy isabella (laughs) god this guy